0: Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 1st of February 2015, entitled The Lordship of Christ, and the Bible reading is taken from Acts chapter 2, verses 22 to 41. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. What we're going to look at this evening is certainly if you're here, you're a Christian, you're a child of God, then it's not something that will be new to you. It's one of those things that I hope will be an encouragement by just reminding you, and I'll tell you in just a moment after our reading why that I want to remind you of a few things this evening that, uh, uh, that hopefully already uh, you know as a child of God. Acts chapter 2, if you'd like to stand to honor the reading of God's Word, we're going to begin reading in chapter 2 and verse 22. He says, "'You men of Israel.'" Hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know him, being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope, Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins according to the flesh he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ that his soul was not left in hell neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up whereof we all are witnesses. Therefore being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto me, Lord, sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes, thy footstool, Therefore will all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that we can have this glorious privilege that we all so often just take for granted of being able to be in your house this evening. Lord, we know that there are many missing, but we're thanking you that we can be here, and we thank you for each one that is here Father, we thank you for the words that we just read from your word that you've preserved for us. We thank you for that Holy Spirit that is promised there that we know lives and dwells within us and that he will give us understanding even here this evening. So now, Father, you know the next moments that we have together here. Lord, I know better than anybody here that I have nothing, absolutely nothing that I can offer these people. But I pray by the power of that spirit that you've left with us, your word that you have preserved for us, That you would speak to every heart this evening because, Father, you know our hearts better than we know ourselves. You know the need of every individual here. Lord, though I cannot meet those needs, I pray that you would meet them, that you would receive all the glory and all the honor for it. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. Of course, we find before us a portion of the first sermon that was preached the day of Pentecost. And there are so many things in there that I hope that you have just listened to as we have read. Because there's a couple of things, as I started to say earlier, that brought me to ponder upon these words. And that's that so many times we can just begin to take for granted. I, I, I see and I hear things that trouble me because on the one hand, I see those that try to Cheap in the Lord Jesus Christ, <laughs> those that want some kind of fire insurance that they can just somehow play some kind of a religious game and that everything's going to be fine. Looks, Jesus is far more than fire insurance. matter of fact, what we want to look at this evening, you know one of the greatest gifts, and we are so grateful and think as we realize here that much of what Peter was talking was about... Jesus Christ and his saving uh, faith of what he had accomplished when he died upon the cross and when he rose the third day and how that had been prophesied all those years before by even David when he sat up on his throne. What I want to remind you this evening is that the same Jesus that saved you, that same Jesus we've heard in a number of ways here, and I can only focus on a couple of, 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 of points this evening, but that... Oh, he's the greatest Savior. He's the only Savior. We sing that song sometimes. He's all I need. He is all that you need to save your soul. But He's not just Jesus the Savior. He is Jesus Christ the Lord of the universe. He holds the power of the universe in His hands. I hear some talk about sometimes of having Jesus as their Savior, but somehow they need to have Him as his, as his Lord. Well. You might need to submit yourself to his lordship, but let me tell you, Jesus is Lord. Here in verse 36, the words that we read said, therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ Looked like he was kind of losing the battle there. They'd nailed him to the cross. They thought they'd got rid of him. They'd stuck him in that borrowed tomb. They said, oh, no. (laughs) On the third day, he found an empty tomb. He was no longer there. He had told you all this was going to happen many, many times before But when you went back, he wasn't there. The victory wasn't yours. The same one that you nailed. First of all, we saw there that it was by the determinant foreknowledge of God. God's the one that allowed it. Jesus wasn't at their mercy. Jesus allowed them to nail him to that cross because of his great love for you. So we don't diminish what Christ did for us in saving our souls. But when Jesus Christ saves your soul, we find even here, he moves in. The Holy Spirit takes up residence within us. Jesus is present with you. We all know sometimes we don't understand the the battles and the struggles and the things that sometimes that we face in this life. But what I want to remind you this evening is that Jesus really is Lord. He is both Lord and Christ. How important is that to us? Well first of all what do we mean that word lord in 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 the word that was translated in your in your bibles here came from the word kurios which historically had the concept of two things and and on the one hand it had this element of power and on the other the element of authority you see it applies to the god who as we've been seeing in our Study on the Genesis account who created everything that is with absolute power, that holds all the power of the universe. It applies to that authority, though, that He has to rule sovereignly over that creation that He Himself has created. You see, it applies to you and I as well as His creation, as those creatures that we recognize Him, that He is our Creator and that we submit to his authority. See, I want to give you three simple thoughts to say When we think about this lordship of Christ, first of all concerning God, it is God who was first of all has exalted Jesus Christ as Lord. Now, we're not going to get into all of it. We know it's hard for us to even get our heads around the the whole concept of God and everything that he is and all of his triunity. We said this morning that even there in the flesh walking through the garden, You can't separate God. What I want you to see is that it's not just mere man. It's not somebody else. It's the God of the universe that exalted Jesus Christ as Lord. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 to 11, it says, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, Jesus, and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we can look at a number of things, but what I want you to recognize and realize is that some may not know But the day is coming because it is God that has exalted Jesus to that place. And the Bible says that he is there. There's not a question of his lordship. The only thing is, is that everyone hasn't recognized it, but there is coming a day when every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ wasn't just one of the greatest men that ever walked. That he wasn't just a great prophet, as some think. That he wasn't maybe one of the greatest teachers that ever walked upon the face of the earth and set one of the finest examples, but that Jesus Christ, the same one that was nailed to the cross, is Lord. You see, God made that appointment. God also hath highly exalted him. God is the one that claimed it, given him a name above every name that the Bible says. But God requires that we acknowledge it. <laughs> We need to acknowledge who Jesus Christ is, he says, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That being the case, it follows and requires that believers, if we're truly, genuinely in obedience to God, then he is the one that has the lordship of our lives. We should be submitting ourselves to that lordship Philippians chapter 2 verses 12 and 13 says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have also obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, he says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Why? For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. We get confused there sometimes. God working in us for His pleasure. I mean, we say in that straight? is not that why we were created? Revelation chapter four verse eleven says, "Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created." Our selfish attitudes are sort of a natural part that we just kind of accept because it's the way we think a lot of times. All I'm saying here is just remember who Jesus Christ is. I've, I've, I've heard this statement many times that we need to make him Lord. Folks, he is Lord. We can't make him Lord. We just need to acknowledge him as Lord. We find that that's what God requires of each and every one of us. But not only do we see concerning God that it was God that exalted Jesus as Lord, it was God. It was God himself that extended to Jesus his authority. Now, we can get into a lot of debates, and we know that as as much of our own community has turned to the Muslim faith, but one of the things that so oftentimes that we're trying to, to, to deal with is to try them, to get them to see and understand who Jesus Christ really is. They don't understand that he is Lord. They don't understand that he is God. They accept that he was a great prophet. (laughs) They think he was a good man, but they don't see that he was God. You see, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all. Can I pause there a minute? All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now, we read about a number of the things that Jesus did while he was here. This is as he's getting ready to go away. This is as he is sending us out to do his work, filling us with his spirit that his work might be accomplished through our bodies instead of just his body. Greater works than these shall you do because I go unto the Father. Why? Because Jesus Himself would accomplish that work through us. But Jesus said, All power. Now, the word exousia that's translated their power, that literally is speaking of authority. He has been given all power, all authority. He exercises that authority. He exercises that authority over every believer that will submit themselves to him. He exercises that authority one day over the nations at his return when all will see as Jesus sits upon his throne. How important is the lordship of Jesus Christ to us and to our salvation? John 17, 2 says, As thou hast given him power as Thou, God, hast given Him, Jesus, power over all flesh that He, Jesus, should give eternal life to as many as Thou hast given. You see, God is Jesus Christ that has the authority to give you that eternal life to live for eternity with Him. God extended that authority to Jesus Christ. It's the Lordship of Jesus Christ that allows him to give you eternal life if you will but believe. How important is that to our salvation? Well, as we look at that lordship of Christ concerning God, look at it concerning mankind. You see, first of all, Jesus, mark this down, must be confessed as lord to be converted i think that's important because there're an awful lot of people today that are that are being fed a counterfeit that aren't accepting jesus for who he is you see the problem is as we look around us and I, and i say this with humility because we certainly don't have all the answers why is it why is it that when those Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons come knocking on your door, why is it that maybe, maybe instead of just snapping at them and telling them to get out of there because you don't have time, why is it that maybe you ought to take the time to just share with them who Jesus really is? The same thing with our Muslim friends all around us. You see, the thing is they've been fed a counterfeit. They all believe in Jesus. It's just another Jesus. They don't know Jesus that he really is. They don't know Jesus that is Lord of the universe. They don't know him. He's already in that position. And yet they don't recognize him as that. I'm saying in order to be saved, you've got to be submitting yourself to the right person. The Bible tells us, probably one of the passages that we use so often in leading people to Christ in Romans chapter 10. And he says there in verse nine, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth What's the next words? The Lord Jesus, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You see, the experience of becoming a Christian, of being saved, of being converted, of whatever these terms might be, it's an act of submission. Repentance is a a change of direction. It's a change of life from that self-life to a life that is submitted to someone else, to a life of, as we saw this morning, worshiping another, of loving another, of serving another, that other being the Lord Jesus Christ himself the one that loved us and died for us, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Yes, there's only one way to come, and that's the fact that he died and rose again the third day. He shed his blood for you, but you have to submit your life to him. You have to give your life to him. You see, we confess him as Lord at conversion, but this is important. We sanctify him as Lord in our heart. Preacher, what are you talking about? He is Lord. Don't forget that God's the one that appointed him. He is Lord. It's just a matter of whether you acknowledge it, and you must confess him as Lord, as who he is, in order to become a child of God. But notice what Peter says in 1 Peter 3:15. He says, "But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Sanctify the." Lord God, in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Sanctify. The word simply means to to set apart. Set the Lord Jesus Christ apart in your heart. That action on our part setting him apart. You see, he is the one. We sang that song earlier, holy, holy, holy. The Bible teaches us to be holy as he is holy. If there's any holiness about any of us whatsoever, if you look in the mirror and if you're honest at all, it's him. He needs to be set apart in our lives daily, ain't holy, blessed, consecrated, hallowed, Given that place of honor and lordship and control in your life. Quit handling your life with your own hands. Quit doing it yourself. Quit fighting the battles yourself. Quit doing it yourself. Give him the rightful place in your life. He is Lord. He does hold the power of the universe. You're not going to change that. But if you submitted yourself to him genuinely for who he is, So many times we use the words and we say, yes, I believe this and I do that. And yet in our hearts where it counts, we're still trying to reign ourselves. We're still doing it ourselves. We know the answers but we don't apply them. You see, Jesus has got to have the preference. (laughs) Your heart, he That that is the sanctuary where he desires to be set apart in worship from within. If he's set apart as Lord God, I want to tell you something. If you truly set him apart as Lord God, he will have sovereignty in your heart. You will be submitted to his lordship and not your own. When we truly set him apart in our heart and we submit to his lordship, when we're in that submissive communion with the Lord, that's when all fear will be gone. (laughs) You see, if you're truly submitted to his lordship, the one that holds the power and the authority, all power, the power, the authority of the universe, he's the one that's set apart. He's the one that's on the throne in your life. He's the one you're genuinely submitted to. You're not going to do what you want to do. You're not going to think what you want to think have the mind of Christ. you're going to want to do what he wants to do with your life. you don't have the strength, you don't have the power, but he does. You know what? What can man do to you? if if you recognize and remember who Jesus is as the Lord God. He is your savior, thank God, but he's not just your savior. He is the Lord of the universe. He holds the power and he lives and dwells there within you. What do you have to be afraid of? One of the wonderful experiences in this life is when the Christian genuinely realizes that Jesus really does have control of my life. (laughs) I'm not going to give way to these selfish desires. I'm not going to give way to what I want. It's always there. I've got news for you. There's coming a day when you're going to have a redeemed body, praise God, but right now you're going to have a battle with it. Your flesh isn't going anywhere unless you do. Then the battle's over anyway, praise God. (laughs) But who's on the throne? Who really are you submitting to? Are you submitting to your desires? Are you submitting to those desires of the flesh? Or are you genuinely submitting to Jesus as Lord and truly submitting yourself and giving Him sovereign control of your life? You see, so many times, even as Christians, we just don't get past the walking by sight. (laughs) We're walking by what we see. We're walking by what we experience. We're walking by what we feel. And he's there dwelling and living within us. He's constantly present. He doesn't go anywhere. He doesn't leave you. But we have to see by faith. We saw this morning, it comes back to, even there this morning, that first act of worship by mankind, the first offering that was given to God, by faith, by believing faith. It's by love. You see, it's faith that makes the invisible presence real, our experience. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And, you know, people get tired of it. It's a really kind of an old-fashioned story. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. This world will never build our faith. It's Him. He's one. I've never seen anybody that genuinely spent time with God. They could believe Him less. But That's so many times the struggles in our life. We're focused on what we see. We're focused on what we feel, on what we understand. Instead of genuinely sanctifying him in our hearts, he is Lord. He does come to live and dwell within us. Have we submitted to his Lordship? Is he the one that's on the throne? And I want to give you one simple final, final thought. You see, we think about the Lordship of Christ. We've looked at what it means concerning God and concerning mankind, but just this thought in concerning us as a church. You know. I guess I've touched on a few things lately and be touching on a few more. Sometimes we wonder why. We've had we've had some we've had some phenomenal battles these last two years. We really have. And there's been a few casualties along the way. You're still here this evening. Sometimes you might have been hurting. Sometimes you might have been close to that. The thing is, God continues to bless in spite. And I know that. But what we need to recognize and realize is that Jesus Christ, it is his body. It is him that's building his church. Our unified body, Jesus Christ, and his lordship, not only individually in my life, but he must be submitted to in headship of his own body. Colossians 1.18 says, and he. Jesus is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. We're foolish if we don't realize that we've got to struggle. I don't care if you're the pastor. I don't care if you're the deacon. I don't care if you're a Sunday school teacher. I don't care if you're a steward. I don't care what it is that you do. We're pretty foolish if we don't recognize and realize that one of our toughest, toughest things always until the day that we leave this world is keeping self out of the picture, letting Jesus truly reign in our lives, letting him truly, he is Lord, but if we submitted to his Lordship, one day everybody, Will have to confess that he is Lord. But right now, he is Lord. And you've had to come to recognize and see that if you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, if you're a child of God. But is he being set apart, sanctified in your life on the throne that he's placed him on? And in our church, you see, people are people. We know we've got an enemy And he will try to divide and he will try to destroy and he will try to discourage and all those other deeds that we've talked about. He's the devil. And his job is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. You know what? There's victory in Jesus. The one that lives within us, he has the power of the universe. But as a church, you see, we've got to submit to his headship. No individual, not the pastor and the deacons or people, not some denomination, but to Jesus Christ. And he's to be seconded to in all things. We submit to him, to what he wants. So many times his lordship is taken for granted, not only individually, but by a church. You see, I still believe that God, the Lord Jesus Christ, we are His body here at Bethel. God is still working in lives. God is still saving souls. God is still doing a work. We will not let the enemy defeat us. We will not let the enemy win. We want to be in the battle. We want to be on the front lines. How important is all of this, I just believe that it's of immense importance because, number one, the Lordship of Christ is essential to know and to believe to become a child of God. But the Lordship of Christ is to be submitted to if we're going to live victorious lives as Christians. We need to know more than just the fact that we're going to be in heaven one day, that he saved us because of what he did for us. We need to know that he, he, there is nothing that is more powerful than him. There is nothing that is beyond his reach. He is the one that's on the throne in my life. Because in my heart, he's the one that's been set apart as the Lord of my life. He's the one. When we know that, we can be victorious, folks. That doesn't mean there won't be battles. But We will not give up. We will not be defeated. And I believe that our enemy knows that his time is drawing near. How old am I now? I try to forget that. How long have I been preaching? <laughs> not tonight. I know I always preach too long in one night. But how many years have I been preaching? Um... Close to 35 now, something like that. The thing is, is that uh, it's quite amazing because uh, I can remember even when God first called me to preach, I was afraid I was never going to get a chance to do anything for him because the Lord was going to come back before I had a chance. (laughs) I remember somebody calling me down one time. It was early in the year like this, starting into a new year here at Bethel. And because I preached a sermon that, you know, this could be the year, they thought I was trying to prophesy that it was the year G. Hey, I I believe more than ever that this is is, is more likely to be the year that he comes than any that I've ever lived. I'm looking for him every day. And if he don't come this year, I'll be looking for him even more next year than I am this year. Praise God. He's coming. He's coming soon. The thing is, while we're living here, it's his lordship that gives us our eternal life. And it's his lordship that will help us to live the victorious life. Father i thank you this evening lord i know that this is nothing new this evening it's just something that even this preacher needs to be reminded of sometimes sometimes we feel like that we're in the throes of the battles and that there's so many things going wrong and but the truth is is that we have got a real fight on our hands but the victory is ours in jesus help us not to lose sight help us not to just be walking by sight help us to be a people of faith Help us to truly, genuinely, both as individuals and as a church, corporately, help us to submit to his lordship. He is Lord. There is no way that that can be denied and somebody even become a child of God. So for every Christian, he is Lord. They come to recognize that, but help us to submit to that lordship. Help us to live our lives for you, Lord. Help us to live our lives for your pleasure, not for ours. We give you the praise, in Jesus' name we pray, amen.